0: Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Free speech, that's my topic. Open speech. Speech that is uh, available to the interaction of two individuals, three individuals, a group of individuals. We live in a world right now, today, where speech is being squelched. Public speakers of various kinds appear on campuses across the country and are shouted down and are bullied to death, basically, and are closed off from open communication. Now that's not a way for a civilized society to function, but it's also not a way for any individual or any group of individuals to function, be they a college campus, a university um, dormitory, fraternity, or whether they be a family. We don't talk in ways that put down other people, destroy other people, destroy the opportunity to share thoughts and feelings with other people. We don't do that in our society, but that's become what our society is today. We have many, many examples of that being shown to us across the country, and that's most unfortunate. You know, there are people who grow up in a family where mother and father do not talk except for the basics. Open communication is minimal. In fact, the interchange between child and parent is minimal, and children are basically not taught how to speak how to share feelings, how to share ideas, how to take ideas and debate them or discuss them. You know, Martin Luther grew up in a home where his father, every single evening, engaged the children in a conversation around the dinner table, and he taught them how to analyze a topic, share the topic with the family, and then defend the topic and discuss the topic with the family. And Martin Luther became one of our great orators of the day, and others across the country give similar examples to that how did you grow up did you grow up in a family that spoke openly and encouraged open conversation or do you grew up did you grow up in a family that basically was quiet or silent if that's the case you were you became a silent person most likely so all this stuff that's going on in college campuses today of the upheaval you probably do not participate in that because you probably shy away from that kind of open confrontational talk and discussion. Maybe a few of you are kind of a reactionary to it. And now you have almost gone the opposite direction and, t- and demand the talk and more than anybody else talk. But then some of you have grown up in a home where, as you spoke, you were criticized. You were put down. Bombastically, you were attacked by the father or the mother or an older brother or an uncle or grandparent or whomever it might be. And you learned to either debate and argue or you learn to just squelch your thinking and your feelings and put it and stuff it to yourself. But if you grew up in a home where you were attacked and then you counterattacked, you probably were part of or have become part of this upheaval on college campuses today of not letting anybody else talk unless they agree with you or you're going to say what you want to say. You know, some of us grew up in homes where we were all allowed to talk, but we were all interrupted. Always interrupted. Give an opportunity to talk and then somebody speaks over you or interrupts you and it's just frustrating so you don't learn to really communicate well there's all kinds of communication patterns that take place within family life that then come to play a role in our adult life in college campuses we see that all the time with students reflecting how they grew up reflecting the interchange and the interaction of ideas and feelings with their parents and with others in most uh, bizarre manner and uh, hurtful manner. So this is not a good situation currently going on in our college campuses particularly the uh, liberal Democratic side squelching anybody that speaks on the conservative or Republican side of an issue or argument So it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. The upheaval that's taking place on the campus today is just uh, an example of what is yet to come unless Our college campuses do something about it. Our college presidents do something about it. Now, recently, our president, Mr. Trump, did something about it when he signed an executive order indicating that if a university does not allow and protect the opportunity for free speech, their federal funds for research and other purposes would be restricted and withheld. He's trying to address this issue from a national point of view because universities have not addressed it at the local level. Presidents of universities have been quiet on this issue, unfortunately so. Now let's take a look at something that's happened historically. In 2015, the University of Chicago formed a committee of several lawyers to sit down and draw up a statement articulating the university's overarching commitment to free, robust, and uninhibited debate and deliberation among all the members of the university community. So they met for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to draft a statement that would be acceptable to the university, but be an example to other universities as well. It's become known as the Chicago Statement on Principles of Free Speech, particularly designed for the college campus, the university campus. Now here's what this statement says, and it might be very important for you to think of it not just as a university, but even for your own family, for your own community, in situations in which you might find yourself. Here's what this statement says, and it was written for the University of Chicago, but you know, over the years, over 40 or more universities have signed on to this particular statement, so it has become a statement that other universities have found acceptable and helpful and have guided them in their handling of this matter, so they're using this statement as well, but I'll read it from the point of view of the University of Chicago because they adopted it. Because the University of Chicago is committed to free and open inquiry in all matters, the statement says, okay, it guarantees all members of the University of Chicago community the broadest possible latitude to speak, write, listen, challenge, and learn, except so insofar as limitations on that freedom are necessary to the functioning of the University of Chicago. The University of Chicago is fully respects and supports the freedom of all members of the University of Chicago community to discuss any problem that presents itself now that's a pretty profound statement it's simple it's straightforward it's direct it says this the broadest possible attitude allow anybody to speak write listen challenge and learn if you squelch conversation if you squelch a speaker there is no learning you say when there's no listening there's no learning when there's no reading there's no learning so what they're trying to say here in this particular statement is give opportunity to anyone and give them the latitude to go ahead and speak and write and listen and challenge that we can learn and do that only so long as it does not jeopardize the legal status of the university you see it's not it was not designed or free speech is not designed in such a way to uh, put down the university or put down groups of people within the university or Uh, any nationality or racial group or whatever within the university. It's not designed for that. No free speech should violate the law. No free speech should falsely defame a specific individual, right? So that's not free speech. In a word, here's what this all means to the University of Chicago. The University of Chicago's fundamental commitment is to the principle that debate or deliberation may not be suppressed because the ideas put forth are thought by some or even by most members of the University of Chicago community to be offensive, unwise, immoral, or wrong-headed. It is for the individual member of the University of Chicago community, not for the institution, not for the University of Chicago as an institution, to make those judgments for themselves and to act on those judgments not by seeking to suppress speech but by openly and vigorously contesting the ideas that they oppose and indeed even fostering open communication free thought and free expression now that's what the university of chicago attempted to do in this uh, statement that they drafted and it's become a model it's become an example to the other universities across the country now if Every university adopted that particular statement or some various modification of it appropriate to each school. We would not have the upheaval, the riots that are taking place on university campuses today. We wouldn't have that. We would have students coming together as they did in the 60s, as they did in the 70s, as they did in the 80s, coming together and listening and having rigorous debate and open discussion on whatever topic that might be, religious in nature, political in nature, sociologic in nature, or whatever. Now, I went to school in the 60s, and uh, we had all kinds of speakers come on campus, many of which I did not appreciate. And I'm sure there were campus speakers that came that other people didn't appreciate. But we never had an upheaval. We never had a riot on campus. We never shut down any speaker. If you didn't agree or didn't want to listen to it, didn't want to learn, you didn't go. If you wanted to learn, if you wanted to be open minded, if you wanted to have an education, you went and listened and you learned from it and you participated in the debate of of the session and you encouraged debate afterwards among your peers and your friends. That's how universities function. That's how people learn in the context of a university. But it's the same thing in the family, same thing in the home. Open communication is necessary. Free communication is necessary. Robust discussion and debate is necessary. Parents are to be an example, but parents are also to teach their children to be an open, discussing, communicating in the family, beyond the family, in the school, in the church, in the on the playground, in clubs and groups, or wherever your kids will go. They need to be a person of thought, a person of discussion, a purpose of, or a person of talk, a person of sharing, a person of open listening and learning, as well as teaching others. So as a parent, take this as a challenge. Don't just put down universities for the way that these riots are taking place these days, but learn that that's not the way that you want to teach your child to behave when they become at the university level of age, or they go out in society and deal with people of different points of view. You want them to be open and free and to be respectful and considerate of others. So teach that in the home be that in the home and be a home that discusses, be a home that uh, engages in thought discussion and thought debate and uh, various points of view that can be expressed and learned from. So that's your job as a parent and we'll be far better when our kids go to the university and become part of the dialogue of their general community later on. Hey, nice to have you with me and bye for now.